Hello everyone, this week we are joined by Ariana Hernandez. She is a second year master's student in the entomology department at MSU studying spotted wing drosophila, a sister species of the common fruit fly. She is also a co-host of the Bug Talk podcast, which is led by members of the MSU entomology department. So be sure to check that out. This is a really fun conversation. Enjoy. <laughs> nice to meet you virtually. Yeah, nice to meet you virtually too. Yeah, listen to some episodes. Your podcast is pretty cool. Oh, thank you. I, I enjoy yours. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. A bunch of um, other women started it and then I joined in. But yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I don't have fancy intros like like you all do. Oh. So. <laughs> we just have like a Google Doc where we just like read from it. So it's fine. <laughs> All right, but yeah, would you want to introduce yourself? So you're you're our first non-physics. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, I'm Ariana Hernandez. I am a second year master's student in the entomology department. I study spotted winged Drosophila, which is um, a sister species of like the common fruit fly you would see in your house. Um, this pest, the spotted winged Drosophila, or SWD. Um, is so detrimental to agriculture is because they have the females have a serrated ovipositor that makes that allows them to slice open ripe fruit and lay their eggs in it whereas a typical fruit fly can only lay their eggs in rotten fruit so a lot of people are doing research about it trying to figure out ways to manage them is that something like can't, if you're looking at the fruit can you see like oh this has already been infected or is it like oh you can't see from the outside very well um, so you, if they've laid their eggs in it, you'll be able to see like on the cer like so they attack um soft skin fruits like cherries, blackberries, raspberries. Um, you'll be able to see like breathing tubes. It's kind of hard to see with the naked eye. You can definitely see it under a microscope, but nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I know we talked about a little bit. So how so how are you like capturing these? So. Like I said, a lot, uh, trying, I think 2007-ish is when they made their appearance in the U.S. Um, so a bunch of research went into like the best kind of trap that was also the most cost efficient. So currently we're using, it's a clear 946 milliliter um, cup, like you can buy them from Gordon Food Service. And then we just like melt holes in the sides of them. And then you have any type of like lure. There's sentry lures that you can like hang from the top. You could just use simple like sugar and yeast water mixed at the bottom that will attract them. They like yeast volatiles. Um, and then most people will hang them. Cause so there's a summer morph and a winter morph of spotted wing drosophila. My research is mostly focused on winter morph, but for summer morph, since that's when like damage happens a lot of the research has been focused on them so they hang their traps in the air because it's warm they should be flying around like they'll hang them in a cherry tree or something like that but um, i'm more focused on the winter morph like i said so i was wondering why well in the winter we don't really catch winter morph at all it's like as soon as december hits they just disappear no one really knows where they are so I wanted to tackle that question a little bit. So I thought, what if we tried putting traps on the ground? Because it's cold. I'm sure they need to conserve their energy and flying probably isn't one of their top priorities.
is. So that's what I started doing. Um, I put one trap. I use that same trap that they, um, that others have used for the summer morph. I've used that. I have like a hanging trap. I have one on the ground. And then I'm also comparing it to, I call it the dome trap. It's a Trace store guard product dome that I picked it because one, it has a roof so that in the winter it's covered. It won't get like filled with snow or anything. Um, yeah. And I have that compared. I did a couple presentations about it. So I started in the lab comparing those. So I was looking at trap design, the dome versus the cup, and then placement hanging in the air or on the ground. And from my lab's um, trials, I found that summer morph were typically found in air hanging traps, which makes sense. And winter morph were more often caught in ground traps. So then I took it to the field so that I could see if um, it would validate what I found in the lab. And so far, it does seem like that. It's a little, um, like, back and forth. Depends. It's, I didn't catch any winter morph. It was the same pattern that, like, as soon as December hit, I, didn't, I stopped catching them. But I have other experiments in play, hopefully, that will maybe help me figure that out. But summer morph were caught in the ground, or hanging, sorry, excuse me. And then I was catching most of the summer or winter morphs in on the ground when I was catching them. But okay, so I want to like I'm trying to picture this in my mind. Yeah. So um, you had mentioned like versus the lab versus like out in the field. Mm -hmm. So like I am so one. I guess I'm curious what in the lab actually means, and then like out in the field. Like, do you have to like collaborate with other farmers, or is there like a natural yeah. area around so, here? That yeah, um, for the lab, I just did, like, um, we have, I work in um, the Center for Integrated Plant Systems building, and we call it the cave. It's, like, in the basement-ish, um, and it's just, like, a bunch of rooms and chambers, so I just did one where I had, like, tent cages. They were, like, two feet tall that I either had a trap hanging from or it was on the bottom, and then... Um, so that was the lab so I could have like a standard temperature and humidity each time and have that all be the same. So then when I went to the field, um, I have worked with, I currently I'm doing all around MSU just so I didn't have to travel far during the winter to check traps. I know some entomologists like go as far out over by like South Haven and Fenville to check traps, which is a good like two and a half hour drive, but that wouldn't be optimal for winter <laughs> trapping. So um, I'm just, I started it, I basically just put a bunch of traps randomly around all of like the South campus, um, woodlots, orchards, anything. And was just trying to take a survey of where the highest population numbers were and then picked the top six. So I ended up in like six, well, three different woodlots, but I have six sites throughout those. So that's my field. I did have to get like permission from farm managers and MSU to like use their woods and say I wasn't going to vandalize anything, but. <laughs> You're not damaging any, any property. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's super cool though. Um, I, I like the idea of like, oh, I can go out into an actual like field and do actual field work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I mean, the cold days, isn't the most fun, but 
you know, you go through it. Yeah. I got a nice sled that I can just put all my stuff in and drag out <laughs> when I'm checking stuff. So <laughs> that's cool. So I guess so. Why did you get into entomology in the first place? So I did my undergrad at MSU as well. I first came here because I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I took like a one credit vet 101 like class and I was like eh, maybe not not for me but I stuck with um, the zoology major and my junior year I had an advising appointment and she was like asking me like what I wanted to do and I said I was I wanted to go to grad school and she was like well you really need to get research experience if you want grad schools to like seriously consider you and I hadn't done that yet because all of the ones that were interesting to me were just volunteer hours which I couldn't make work with like paying my bills and volunteering so that's why I hadn't done it yet um also my junior year I joined Zeta Theta Omega it's a professional fraternity for like animal lovers is what they call it so you just got to like hang out and like go to farms, zoos, hang out with other people that have similar interests. Um, during one of their meetings, one of the members announced that her lab was hiring and it was like a paid position. And I was like, oh cool. So I talked to her and she was like, oh, it's an entomology. And honestly, I was like, what is that one again? Like, <laughs> didn't even fully remember. But um, I applied and then interviewed and got in the lab. So that was my first research experience which was cool and then I realized that there was like this whole other niche of things that I had no idea about and I learned a lot I was so for my junior to senior year I was a research tech in their lab my senior year I was trying to figure out grad school and what I was gonna do I couldn't really wrap my head around studying for the GRE and doing really well on it and like maintaining all of my classes so I decided to do a gap year. Thankfully, the lab I worked in was willing to like pay me during my gap year to do research there. And that was really cool, so that helped me a lot. Um, and then um, my boss was awesome. She was super great trying to make sure I would get into grad school somewhere, um, like helping me when like giving me resources that I needed. And then um, she works a lot with Matt Grishup, who is my principal investigator. He is um, the head of the Organic Pest Management Lab. Them two wrote a grant for Project Green, which is an MSU-affiliated um, funding source. And they were like, basically, if this gets funded, you will have a master's program. So it was a very stressful, like, waiting to hear back whether or not they were going to get funding for that. Um, and then they did, so obviously I'm here now doing that, but that's kind of how I got into entomology. It was just a whirlwind of didn't know what it was, and then I was like, oh wow, this is actually really cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So is entomology its own, like, separate, like, department as, like, zoology, or is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're both, I think. No, I guess zoology is in the College of Natural Sciences, and entomology is the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. So, like, we're in our okay. own division, but um, yeah. So, basically, um, 
entomology people take residence in the Center for Integrative Plant Systems, Food Safety, Toxicology, Giltner, and Natural Sciences, which is apparently really different from like other universities. Most of them have like all of their entomology department in one building, which would make so much more sense because I'm like, <laughs> I see like half of you <laughs> in my building and then if I manage to go, well, when there's not a pandemic, when I manage to get to NASA, I'm like, who even are you? You're an entomology? I've never seen you before. <laughs> so. Is the, is it a very like big department and or like research group you're a part of? Uh, yeah, I think my cohort of grad students that I came in, there was like 10 of us that came in and we were a bigger class. So I would say it's like, medium-sized department but there's definitely people that I've just never met because we're split up between the buildings and I know that's like a common theme for like other faculty too that they they wish there was just one big building for everyone to be in. Yeah wasn't that like one of the like main reasons why you did the or like why the bug talk podcast came about was that yes hey, everyone's in a, in a different location <laughs> yes essentially it was to get everyone and just trying to bridge I mean it's kind of the same thing you're trying to do it, it, that you guys are doing that you're figuring out that being a scientist isn't like this big scary impossible thing and we're like real people that anyone can do it if you put your mind to it so yeah nice so, so you're a master's student, right? Yes. Okay. So you're taking classes and you're doing research. Mm -hmm. You have, well, is this, you know, it's okay if you don't, but are there like goals after this of, yes, I am going to continue on or do uh, industry see, or something? Yeah, I haven't really figured that out yet. <laughs> um, originally when I, like, in my undergrad, when I said I wanted to go to grad school, I wanted to get a PhD and go on but I'm not totally sure if I want to do that now I feel like you really need to know like your specific niche that you want to go into to do a PhD and I don't know if I've found that yet like I don't want to just get a PhD in something that I'm meh about because you really have to put your whole heart and soul into it so I'm thinking I'm gonna like go to the into the job field and see what I can do and if I end up feeling like I need a PhD, I'd happily go back. I don't think like I need to be on a strict timeline for that kind of thing, but yeah, hopefully I get hired and the pandem pandemic stops. <laughs> yeah, ho hopefully, hopefully yeah. everything will, <laughs> they might go back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> at some point. So when you were an undergrad, so you originally wanted to go into zoology, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you said you wanted to be a vet. Mm -hmm. Okay, why did you want to go on to be a vet at that point? I just always loved animals. Like, since I was little, I just always thought I would be a vet, I think. Like, working with animals all day and helping them get better. And then when you realize, like, yes, being a vet's awesome, I'm sure. But I don't think I have the heart to, like, muster putting an animal down, even if it was for the greater good. I just think I would be sad every any day that I had to do that. So props to the people that like can overcome and do that because they're awesome but I just didn't think I had it in me and I really then when I started looking at like other jobs of zoology I love like predator prey interactions and things like that so I was like no I'm just gonna stick with zoology 
And then when I got to entomology, I was like, whoa, you can do predator-prey interactions in entomology too. I mean, that's not what I'm doing now, but that was like my first, I went to a, um, I think it was a PhD defense when I was an undergrad. And that was her whole talk was about predator-prey interactions for entomology. And my mind was just like blown the whole time that that was a thing that I had never even thought about, so. Nice. Where did you grow up? So I was, I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, originally. When I was in the third grade, we moved to Grant, Michigan, which is a very small town. Um, my fun fact is that we had a drive your tractor to school day, which I feel like pins exactly what Grant is. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was very I can happy. can picture it in my mind now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It always gives people like a great mental image when I say drive your tractor to school day. They're like, oh, okay. Know exactly what you're going for there. So yeah, I grew up there. Um, my dad, well, my parents bought a house and they had land. So it was like 10 acres. So that probably played into the whole veterinarian thing. So I just got to go wander around in the woods, which sounds dangerous, but it wasn't. I mean, we were, <laughs> but um yeah I've I was hunt my dad's a big hunter fisherman guy so I did that a lot with him um I did like archery competitions as a child yeah and I just loved the outdoors so and you still when was the last time you did archery oh god it's been a while <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's been a hot minute um, <laughs> I Oh, yeah, it's been a hot minute. I can't even, probably a couple years. And a couple years, I did it like one time with my dad, and then it was like a few years before that even, so. It seems like one of those things, it seems like you need a lot of hand-eye coordination, and it seems really cool, but I just imagine that I would like miss and hurt <laughs> something or someone. Yeah, it's that really takes a lot. I mean, you never want to have like your arm too close to the bowstring so that the feather doesn't hit you but yeah, it's all fine I mean <laughs> I just, my dad has always been into that thing there's we have a picture of my sister who this is gonna sound very cruel but I mean she like shot a mouse off of our deck when she was like four <laughs> and she's just like a little toddler like holding this arrow like oh god <laughs> so I just gotta one hit on the one hand, that's disturbing. On the other hand, it's kind of impressive. <laughs> she, yeah, she was a very impressive toddler. <laughs> yes, there's a another photo of me at an archery competition. And I feel like my dad just really wanted a son because I was like a, the spitting image of him. He had Adidas, so I had Adidas. And he had tall white socks, so I had tall white socks. And he had khaki shorts, so I had a khaki skirt. Like... <laughs> terrible <laughs> so why why did you how did you end up at msu was it because it was nearby or uh it was nearby but far enough away <laughs> it was a good <laughs> i i definitely like i knew i did not want to stay in grant i did not appreciate the small town views i guess so i was very ready to leave um, I only applied to two colleges. I applied to Northern Michigan University, which is like way up in the UP. And then I applied to MSU. Um, testing is not my thing. So Northern Michigan was mostly like my backup 
college, like not tooting my own horn. I just like, I knew I would get in there. Like my scores were good enough to get into that college. And they were like on the lower end for MSU. So I was like, eh, if I don't get an MSU, I'll go to Northern Michigan. But thankfully I got into MSU. And like I said, it was close, but far enough away that I had my own space. So <laughs> that's why I ended up, um, I, we got a thing in the mail um, for my undergrad. I was a part of Lyman Briggs College which is like a residential college within MSU that's basically for science nerds so it's just like a bunch of STEM people and I got a thing in the mail about it and they had us go to like a hotel and they told you all about Briggs and why you should do it because like you can have like for all of my Briggs classes I think we had most like 30 kids in them it wasn't anything like a general um like university class where there was hundreds of kids in it so I liked that I could have the small college class size, but have the big college universe, like experience. So that's what made me choose MSU. Nice. Did you enjoy your experience overall? Oh, yes. Yes. I love Lyman Briggs. I love all the other science nerds that are there. It was super fun. They have great professors. Um, yeah, it was a great time. Did you, were you a part of like any clubs or organizations? Um, besides ZTO, the Zeta, Theta, Omega professional fraternity, I didn't really, like, I was a part of clubs, but, like, I never went to <laughs> meetings or anything, yeah. really, so <laughs> I did that. Um, yeah, I don't really think I did. Once I joined ZTO, I mean, I went to meetings and stuff, because that was more fun. It was just, the president has, I think she has, like, three or four golden retrievers now but during that time she only had two golden retrievers and she would bring them to meetings you just got to play with dogs and uh, it was so good <laughs> nice what is the, so like what i'm not super familiar with like how fraternities or sororities or whatever really work so what does so like can you explain a little bit of like yeah, what that so experience like, is it, it definitely wasn't Greek life. Oh, okay, not, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it was not nearly mm -hmm. as, like, mm -hmm. aggressive as Greek <laughs> life is. It was, they call it a professional fraternity, and, like, mm -hmm. you are technically a part of Greek life, but we didn't do anything that, like, Greek life did. It was a once-a-week meeting that you went to for an hour, they would just like talk about professional development. They would have like past members come in and like explain how they got jobs and what they did and if their places were hiring and um, how to work on your resume, how to do interview skills. So it was mostly just hanging out with other people that liked animals and thought that that was cool and then learning on how to like advance your professional development. And then we would, we had like, um, we would raise money for certain events like we did a coral reef to like save the reefs. I believe it was, I think it was called Coral Reef. But um, and we did the Nature Conservancy and other things that we would raise money for to do donations for nature. But yeah. Okay. Very cool. Were like most of your friends and also like animal people, animal science people. <laughs> yeah, mostly. <laughs> I mean, Briggs was a lot. Lyman Briggs was mostly like. Um, pre-med kids was a lot of them but uh, my cohort I would say was mostly like zoology and other animal type things but how about when you transitioned into grad school like 
did it feel like you know it sounded like there's a bit of like in between that was kind of yes. chaotic but yeah. <laughs> when you're actually here um was it like oh well i'm already i'm already familiar with msu and stuff is there other people that you already kind of like knew where it didn't feel like that big of a it didn't feel that yeah different? definitely like i had already worked a little bit with matt who like i said is my pi currently so i knew him oh i mean decently well so and um larry goo is also my he's one of my co-advisors he's the tree fruit entomologist and that was the lab i originally went in like that was the lab that hired me so i had part of a new lab and part of my old lab so i had like a good mix of although i'm seeing all these new people i still have my old lab that i could go back to like if I can't find something in Grishop Lab, I'll just like run upstairs and get it from Goot Lab because I know where everything is. But um, yeah, I would say it was a good transition. I think for our orientation, it was like, oh, let's show everyone where the buildings are. And I was like, okay. Like, I mean, I still went. I was like, I know where everything is, but it's fine. <laughs> um, it was good. I met my cohort of grad students, which is great. I think we're a very closely knit cohort. I mean, more than others, it seems like. I guess like we hang out and talk a lot more than even if they are all the way in North Campus and that <laughs> side. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, we had like weekly like drink nights, just like go and have a drink and unwind, talk about what's happened. So it's definitely, I have a good cohort of friends. <laughs> that that's really good um yeah so how do you i i don't know you know for me at least you know yeah. like okay i do physics mm -hmm. and i'm like okay but you know i would like to relax and not do anything with physics for you know like my evenings or something like that oh yes <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm wondering like how you occupy your mind or self you know outside of school <laughs> yeah um i mean i have a cat so she's a hoop, Lila. She, well, I'm very mad at her. She destroyed my favorite plant, but oh, moving on. <laughs> I was very mad. <laughs> but um, so I, I recently got plants. I, um, during, over the summer, I moved in with my partner. Him and I got a two-bedroom apartment, which is so much bigger than the one bedroom I had. So I was like, yay, there's more room. We're going to get plants. So I thankfully got all plants that were non-toxic to cats because I was unsure of how my demon child would respond. But <laughs> she only messed with my favorite one and then later destroyed it. And you put like the little guards for like deer. Up. Yes. <laughs> yes. But so I have her. Um, I love, I mean, I... I just kind of like always need like okay if I'm not doing schoolwork I don't like just like being in silence I would like want to show on in the background I love friends um new girl the office I feel like those well friends is no longer on Netflix so boo but the new girl in the office are like constantly just like on loop on one of the TVs if I'm not doing schoolwork just so I have like something to laugh at but um I love reading I just haven't um, haven't 
we read a lot for school, so we kind of ruined that a little bit. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have to read all of these chapters for a class, and then you have free time, you're like, do I really want to read? But at least you get to choose that book, so it's like a little better, but. Yeah, hopefully you're choosing, you know, something fun to read as opposed yes. to like, here's this textbook or. <laughs> <laughs> yes, most definitely. Um, besides that, I like hanging out with my family. Um, my partner's family's great too. We hang out with them a lot. Um, I, so during quarantine, I quarantined at my partner's house with his parents. And during my free time, he played um, tennis in high school. So he was like, cool, going to teach you how to play tennis. And I had played tennis when I was like 10. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. One, tennis is a lot more cardio than you think. I was winded in an embarrassing amount of time, <laughs> but that was fun. It was fun learning things, except when I lost because I'm a sore loser and I'm very competitive, but <laughs> you know, I think that was good. Um, they have dogs, so I got to hang out with them and like take them outside and play fetch and I can't wait until I'm adult enough for a dog and have like the right amount of time for it so <laughs> that's what I am dreaming to be is adult enough for a dog <laughs> it's just one step above cat right is yes how... <laughs> yeah cats are just like low maintenance they just kind of like chill eat your plants take a nap like it's fine yeah once I you just... can get plant cat dog yes <laughs> once I can do that I mean, I don't think my child would appreciate that. She loves being the center of attention. So she'll definitely despise me for quite some time when I bring a dog into this family, but she's going to get over it. And I'm going to bring up that she ruined my favorite plan. This is why she has to accept the new dog. <laughs> so Nice, nice. That's, that's super cool. I have a random question though. Did you okay. paint those pictures there behind you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, it was actually, we have like a lot of them throughout the house. Um, our, my first date with my partner, we, well, it was like our, our first official date, I think. It might have been our second. Is we went and we did painting. Um, we did it in, it was called like Brush Studio in Grand Rapids. I know there's like a whole bunch of different ones around Lansing though, but yeah, you just, it's like a wine and canvas. You just drink and do some paintings. The first time, I'm an anxious person and I'm also a perfectionist. So it was like overwhelming. So I was like, oh God, she's moved on to the next step. I haven't finished the last step. Like, <laughs> but every other time that we've, we've gone like four times now, I think. Every other time that we went, it's just like, hmm, I'm good. I know it's going to turn out fine in the end. Like, I'm not artistic in any way, but somehow they turn out good. So. <laughs> I imagine the wine may also like help bring down oh, the like yes. <laughs> the anxiety of <laughs> <laughs> definitely. They have um they're called hard lattes, which I had never seen before like anywhere, but those were yummy. I was really digging those. <laughs> they have some good hard cider too. I'm not a big beer person. I just I don't know, I can't I'd rather have a cider. I'm not I can't do beer. A lot of people have tried. In my undergrad, they were like, we're going to, my friends were like, okay, you're going to like beer. We'll just like start you off at the bottom with PBR. And then you're just going to like have a greater appreciation for better beers. But it never worked. Did it happen? No, there was one beer from like Lansing Brewery Company that was like some pineapple mango infused beer that I had a sample of that was 
fine. It was, it was adequate. I could do a sample glass and be good, but I would not order a whole glass. <laughs> I think my go-to drink would definitely be a frozen margarita, which if the pandemic ever ends, I would like, I just want to go and have a frozen marg. It's just what my <laughs> life needs right now. <laughs> I can make them at home. It's just not as good. Not as good as going. <laughs> like stuffing my face with a burrito and chips and salsa and a marg. That's, that's what I'm holding out for. <laughs> nice. Where's like the place that you're like, okay, when it's safe, I can finally go to this place. <laughs> it is. Trini's in Sparta, which is like 20 minutes from my partner's house. Well, his old house. He lives with me now, but <laughs> from there. And then we just go back to his parents' house and crash there. So we have to drive all the way back. <laughs> so they have amazing margaritas. Like 15 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from, well, I moved here from Colorado. Okay. My so I'm not in Colorado. Yeah. But. <laughs> nice whereabouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, she lives right around in Denver. So yeah, that's where most people live. That's yeah. A silly question to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were supposed to go and visit, but pandemic. Yeah. Something happened. And... Yeah. <laughs> we were all this past May, we were supposed to go to Greece because I have never left like North America. I've been to Mexico, but it's still not like leaving, leaving. So. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that obviously got canceled. We are scheduled to go to Bali now, this coming May. So, like, once again, please, people, let's just get this under. Wear a mask in. <laughs> yes, just, just please wear a dang mask <laughs> so that I can go to Bali in May and finally say I've left North America. <laughs> but, That's really cool. Why, why Bali? How did you settle on Bali? So... My partner went to Italy with this, it's called EF Ultimate Break. It's just like some trip advisor place. And he, we were talking and he was like, we should pick a place. So we originally picked Greece. And then when we couldn't do that one, when we went to go change our date and we were just going to like go to Greece in May, they had just posted the Bali trip and you're allowed to like switch trips. So I was like, hmm, we looked at that one and it's like waking up, like going hiking in the morning, like to watch the sunset. You get to do yoga with like monkeys. You get to do a brunch. It just sounded so good. I want to do <laughs> so, yoga with monkeys. <laughs> I know. So we jumped ship to Bali and left Greece, which I'm sure they would both be amazing, but we are now set on Bali. So hopefully that gets played. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, that sounds that sounds very exciting. <laughs> yeah, we can go. We'll be very upset if I don't get to do yoga with monkeys. <laughs> yeah, because just doing, from my experience, doing yoga in the apartment, like it's fine. But I mean, there's a lack of monkey in my apartment, and I think <laughs> now that I know that's an option. <laughs> you're like no can't do it any other way <laughs> I did I definitely um during my gap year I did hot yoga at like the East Lansing hot yoga studio off of Trowbridge and that was super fun I loved it but it's so expensive and grad students do not make enough money to do <laughs> hot yoga <laughs> like, so what does 
Yeah. What does hot yoga like actually entail? Is that just like you're doing it in a very hot room? Yeah, that... it's like no. 90 degrees, like a whole bunch of humidity. Like it's, I mean, you definitely leave there like dripping in sweat, but you feel so great. Like, just if it's a whole other new level to yoga, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've done, I did a couple of like the yoga classes just through like the rec center or something like, yeah. like that. I'm like, Okay, those are fine. Um, but yeah, I've, like, did you meet like other people there or is this like, oh, I'm just going to go by myself. I did this and I feel great. Um, you are in a big room. You don't really talk to anyone. Like um, one of the girls that worked in Gula, which was my original research tech job, she did hot yoga and she was actually um, one of the teachers for it or instructors. And so she invited me to come one day. So I went with her and then it was super fun and I kept doing it. Doing yoga at home is fine. It's, it's like, I'm not in the right mood when you go in that class and it's just like dim lit, humid as heck. And then you got like the good music playing. You're just like all in the groove of things. When you're doing it at home, you can like try to replicate that, but I'm pretty yeah. sure everyone in this house would kill me if I like made it 90 degrees in here. <laughs> um, not real, that one's not really an option. And then my cat will just like come and start like kneading on my yoga mat. And I'm like, could you stop putting holes It's <laughs> not a plant. Stop yeah. that. <laughs> so yes, that's where I'm yeah. at. With, <laughs> I, gotta be adult, I have to be adult enough for a dog and to afford hot yoga again and then my life will be good those are just my goals <laughs> bare minimum well it's good to have goals yeah. <laughs> and achievable goals like that yes. is something like i i can <laughs> is realistic i can do that oh 100 yeah i can definitely get there <laughs> that's that, yeah that's that's awesome um yeah, so I guess, can we talk about a little bit of, like, what your off year looked like? Yeah, your, for sure. Yeah. Um. So, essentially, I started my gap year, and then, like, three months in, they were, like, they applied for that grant. So, it was, like, okay, gotta start studying for the GRE. Like, I pushed it off for far too long. I must do the evil thing now. And I like bought a book. I quote unquote studied for a month. And then after that, I was like, wow, I should like, I took a practice test and I was like, oh yeah, you like really need to study. You can't quote unquote study. You need to fully study for this. So I had just gotten into like hardcore studying. I like worked through the whole English chapter and was just about to get to math, and then bless Jackie Perkins' heart, because uh, she's a member of the entomology department, she was like, you know, if you graduated from MSU, you do not have to take the GRE if you, like, just go into an MSU master's, and I was like, bless your soul, thank you for not making me study math, <laughs> you're the greatest human, <laughs> so then I stopped and I didn't take the GRE, which was great. Um, I know it's a thing in our department that we're trying to get rid of it because even my PI says that it's just not a good indicator of like how great of a grad student you will be based on how well you test. Cause they're just not 
applicable together. So hopefully that passes soon so like no one else has to deal with the dreaded horror of the GRE. Yeah, that's like maybe one of the benefits that of you know like this whole like okay but we have to stay inside and everything we can't go out. It was like oh maybe it seems like more and more places at least this year we're not going to require it at all. Yeah. And hopefully it like maybe stays like that. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I really hope so. They're, we're signing, like, a bunch of our um, faculty have put up a letter trying to make our department and other, like, surrounding departments that we may get scholarships from, from to just, like, waive the GRE and say we don't even need to see your scores. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be used for any fellowships, so it'd be nice if, like, the entire MSU college would just follow suit yeah is it just the regular jury or is there like a subject one do you have to take as well um so i would have had to take the i feel like science one's not the right terminology but whatever mm-hmm. one was like specific to science i would have had to take as well which is also so expensive like you're gonna make yeah. us buy this expensive test and then like subpar pay us in grad school <laughs> so yeah i just hope it goes away. Did you have to take the GRE? I had to take the regular GRE. I had to take the physics GRE as well. Oh, okay. And the yeah, the latter of which was a terrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I only have like I took physics in my undergrad, and props to you for understanding that stuff because I never said I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> you just do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a hoot. It was a lot. I know we. <laughs> Like I said, I was in Lyman Briggs, and there was a Lyman Briggs physics you could take, or you could take university physics, and everyone was like, do not take Lyman Briggs physics, like, university physics will be curved, you have a way better shot of not destroying your GPA, just do that. (laughs) So that's what me and my friends did, and we slowly died together, but we managed to, like, not destroy our GPA, so it was okay. Oh, well, well, I mean, well, that's good, positives. Yeah, (laughs) you know. We played a lot of the, when we had just, like, given up in lecture, we would just, like, be sitting right next to each other and playing the iPhone games, like, I think it's called <laughs> Pigeon, we would just be, like, sitting next to, like, playing pool or something right next to each other, which... I like, mean, I'm learning geometry right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine, it's like, yeah, I don't understand physics and I'm not helping myself at all, but I'm gonna get really good at phone pool and I'm gonna beat people. <laughs> Well, that's good. I mean, you gotta feed that competitive nature. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can't play cup pong on Game Pigeon because I'm terrible. It's just like I don't. It's supposed to be beer pong, but I mean, it's it's cup pong because it's a virtual game. <laughs> I'm terrible at that one. I don't know. I tried a lot during physics and had to give up because I'm bad at two things. <laughs> There's there's one thing that my physics degree can be helpful for is yes, <laughs> cup pong. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> all right, so bugs entomology. That's all yes. bugs. There's a lot yes. of bugs. Do you have a favorite bug? I do. It's a sunset moth. And it's just like super vibrant colors. It's from Madagascar. Apparently, apparently their silk gets you high, which I want to know who discovered that. Like who was like, hey, let me eat this moth silk and see what happens to me. But 
I just thought that was like a super fun fact. And then um, they're, it's, so their cocoons kind of look like there's a face on them, I guess. Like I've never obviously seen one in person, but um, reading about it, that's what they say. And so in like ancient tribes, they would say that if you saw a sunset moth cocoon, like that was your ancestors saying hello. And it was like them passing from like, moving on so if you saw a sunset moth it was like oh yeah ancestor someone you've seen has passed and like moved on and there they are which that's cool but they're just super pretty so um, i couldn't only i i solely did read upon it because i couldn't answer someone's question like that and be like because it's pretty (laughs) like i had to know other things about it (laughs) that would have been satisfactory for me (laughs) (laughs) so i had to do that (laughs) Wait, so then I okay, so then what's the difference between a moth and a butterfly? Because in my mind, I'm like, well, moths are just the ugly ones and butterflies are the ones that are pretty. Is how yes, I justify it in my mind. Not totally true. I mean, most moths, yes, are like the earthy brown colors, but there are some very pretty ones. Um, moths have a bigger body, so they're like the chunky boys, and butterflies have like a nice, thin, delicate body. Um, butterflies also their antenna are just they're called knobbed antennae so they just like come up and there's like a little thicker knob at the end moths can have well the males will have like these very elaborate antennae they can be all like feathery and um yeah it's like that so that's the main two things so looking at their antennae and how thick their body is really okay yeah there's um i don't know if you've I did undergrad here and I had never heard of it, but there's an MSU bug house. It's in natural science. I saw that like a half hour ago. Like I was on the entomology website and the bug house. I'm like, there's a bug house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, do not fault yourself. Like I said, I did undergrad for four years here and did not know about it until I did my master's. But um, I work at the bug house, which is a great way to unwind. Um, uh it was like every monday i don't remember which monday but like one monday of the month it was an open house so anyone got to come into the bug house um the first front half of the room is just like insect displays of different moths butterflies anything like that's just we have that's what kids are drawn to is butterflies so it's not that pretty so you know we have a lot of that but we also have like beetles stick bugs praying mantises everything like um we do have a honeybee um hive colony well we used to the queen disappeared last year and so it died and then since no one's going in the bug house right now i don't think they restarted that colony but um so that's the first half is just kids looking through seeing like ooh, the biggest insect in the world and things like that and um we also have some camouflage insects so there'll be like a whole ecosystem where we've like hidden insects and like Um, then we tell the kids like oh how many insects can you find and then the second half of the room is all live critters where they can hold tarantulas scorpions uh, cockroaches um, some beetles yeah and that's super cool I it was such a great way to unwind and just casually talk to little kids about bugs because their minds are just like so open and ready for all information and I would love when a kid would be like, heck yeah, gonna hold the tarantula. And the parents are like, oh my God, he's gonna hold the tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just great. 
I really like that. This is my cat. Oh, hi, cat. <laughs> she likes to show people her butt. <laughs> anytime I'm on a Zoom call, it's just like Lila butt across the screen. But. Fair enough. I mean, it adds entertainment for any Zoom meeting. Like, uh, yes. So that's the only good thing about these Zoom things is that now you get to see other people's pets. And you're just like, yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> like, nothing makes me happier than just like a casual, regular, like, professional serious meeting and then someone's like cat walks across yeah. the keyboard it's <laughs> like yes <laughs> um the tech in our lab right now her dogs just had puppies so during lab meeting if she like starts talking with the camera on her face we're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. like shut up i need to see like, the dog the camera talk you could talk about whatever you want but like put the camera on the puppies <laughs> so and it'll just or if she like flips the camera when anyone else is talking everyone just stops and they're like oh my god dog like <laughs> such a good time that's that's yes that's that is something i would have had before so <laughs> Definitely. It's it's a boot. It's definitely helpful to the Zoom thing. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think this was it was it was great to get to know you. Thank you yeah. for <laughs> so anything anything you wanna like promote, there's the bug talk podcast. Yes, there's the bug talk podcast. Obviously listen to Journeys of Scientists and the Bug Talk Podcast. You gotta hit both. But um we're on Spotify, Google, or um, Apple Podcasts, really any platform, I think we're, yeah. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Bug Talk Podcast. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, well, thank you for doing this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you on ours. It's going to be fun. Ooh, yeah, and watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> definitely i don't have any cool cats to to walk across or anything but I'll oh well that's your homework before okay. thursday gotta I'll, get a cat I'll adopt a cat beforehand <laughs> just like go to a shelter i mean excuse me i should borrow a cat for like i'm hour. only at the plant phase at the moment so <laughs> okay you could I'll, I'll take like okay. seeing cool plants in the background okay I'll, I'll just have my plant like casually walk across yeah definitely good good i appreciate that all right. Well, thank you. Yes, thanks. Bye. Bye.